Matthews got it. Rolls left. Looks, looks. Nowhere to go. Stafford fires. Enzo. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Oh, baby. What a throw by Stafford. And what a job by Marvin Jones to get both feet down. He looked for all the world like Stafford had nowhere to go. But he found the smallest of openings and turned it into a touchdown. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the eighth episode of the Motor City Misery podcast. My name is Gavin Gonzalez, and today I am again joined by Donovan Collins. Donovan, how are we doing today? I'm doing all right. Big day today for the NBA. Very excited for tonight. Very excited for new Piston stuff for the first time in since, what, March? And uh, pretty excited to be here, talk some sports with you. How about you? How are you doing? How are you? How are you doing on this very day? I'm doing well. You know, I can't complain. Just got off work. I'm ready to shoot this pod. Um, it's going to be a good pod today. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Pretty action-packed pod. We'll get into some Lions recap. We'll get into the Lions preview versus the Panthers next week. Uh, we'll talk about the Michigan uh, and Michigan State football games, the disaster of a weekend that was. And we will talk about the NBA draft and who we want to see the Pistons take at seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's get right into it. Let's get, start off with the recap. Um, another nail biting win. Another nail biter. Um, I, I, it was, you know, I'd be lying if I said part of me wanted us to lose. Part of me didn't want us to lose. Um, I know that sounds very bad to say, but I'm just sick of this coaching staff, dude. I agree. I agree. Listen, I'm in the same boat as you. Listen, like, I want to cheer for this team, and I do cheer for this team. But at the same time, I want to see changes. And I know any, like, any average organization, I think, would realize what's going on. But, you know, I just don't think the four, like, Sheila Ford, Sheila Ford Hamp um, knows what's going on and, Everybody else can see it, but I guess, you know, the ownership and, you know, they, they made this, uh, and they're, well, yeah, the owners made this, you know, saying that I think Sheila said, like, we want to play meaningful games in December. And unfortunately that's what's going to happen this year. Um, I mean, we'll get into it later, but there is a decent chance that, you know, to the Lions organization, they play meaningful games and for us as fans who want you know who want to cheer this team on but aren't in agreement with coaching we're kind of not really conflicted because we want the coaching staff to go we some people want to lose but some people are fine with them winning and you know now we're just kind of st- and I think I, I think I said in an earlier podcast like this couldn't get any more same old lines you watch that we are going to be stuck in this, you know, purgatory again, and we're going to get our seven, eight wins maybe, and um, we're not going to make the playoffs. And this, you know, this coaching staff and GM stay around for another year. Well, anyone who listens to this podcast know how we both feel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think if, if we miss the playoffs again, 
you know, I say this every every pod, but they got to go. I don't even think Bob Quinn really has to go, you know. I don't think it's him. I think it's more Patricia. I think it's more the offensive and defensive coordinators. I know. You know, just the coaching staff in general. But I just – I think that if you take if you take away Patricia, you got to take away Quinn. I don't think he's the issue. I, I, I listen, if, listen. If you're going to start somewhere, just, just, just go with Bob. I'm kind of on board with what you're saying. But you have to remember that this is the same man that said 9-7 isn't good enough. And, you know – we wanted to move on from Jim Caldwell and be get to that next level, like and it, like at least like NFC championship type level. And we've significantly, you know, declined into this. Will they? Won't they? Make the playoffs every year um, with well, with a healthy with a healthy team, and like and he gets he gets a lot of that blame because. You know, we were we were above average, right? But we wanted to go above and above and beyond. So we took out, you know, we took out the guy that was working for us, you know, working decent for us in Jim Caldwell, and we took a risk, and it a risk that did not pay off. And you know, looking back on it, there I think there were signs that maybe Matt Patricia wasn't the guy. Um, obviously, I think a lot more people would have rather gone with Mike Vrabel, but um. You know, it's who we got, and I think that's why a lot of people want Bob Quinn gone, and part of me wants him too because, you know, he did, he did have some good draft picks, right, um, like the Jordan Jackson, this one this year. Um, that's, been, that's been a good draft pick for them, but he's also had all draft picks that are questionable, and I think that all just stockpiles up. And I agree, coaching does take more of the blame. And, and if we did get into that argument where – We'd say, you know, it, what if we took Tua? It would have been the same team, guys. This defense, it would have been the same. Like, you don't, you don't play – Tua doesn't play defense, okay? It doesn't matter who's behind center. We can score more points, yeah. But look at how many times we've let up 98-yard drive, drives, like, to the Falcons or letting up many – like, letting up um, touchdowns, like, in, in possessions in a row, like, to the Saints and to the Packers. This would have been the same team. And that's why I think, um, you know, obviously you're right. Coaching does play a more pivotal part in why this team is where it's at. But I also think Bob Quinn does get a, a decent chunk of that blame. And that's why I think if Patricia goes, because, you know, Bob Quinn's Patricia's, I mean, Patricia's Bob Quinn's guy. He brought him in, kicked out Jim Caldwell. I think that's the reason why a lot of people want him. And part of me wants him to go too. Well, I mean, Don, it's, you know, like I said in in the group chat uh, earlier this week, I was saying, if you're going to rebuild a team, you have to do it how the Dolphins did it, Mm -hmm. right? And this team needs something. I'm not going to sit here and say we need a rebuild, but um, that's something we can touch on later. I I just think that this head coach – is just not the answer going forward. I mean, another blown near another almost blown lead. Um, twenty four to three. We had that lead. Yep. They come back and, and it's just like, dude, what is going on? And I like I said, I'd be sitting here, I, I I'd be lying if I said I was not rooting for the Washington football team to defeat I know. our Detroit. I know. Just because that would have done it. That would have sealed his fate. Yep. It would have. But but I mean, let's get let's get into the game. 
Um, very positive, some very positives. DeAndre Swift getting the lead back roll. Um, and moving forward, too. Some... He's going to get it moving forward. Yeah. I think I saw on Twitter um, they talked to AP and uh, carry on. I think they said this, this is the guy moving forward. I mean, how could you not? No, you I know? mean, so, yeah, he had 16 carries for 81 yards, five catches for 68 yards and touchdown. 149 yards combined. And during the game, during the game, um, I know you weren't over this week, but hopefully next week we'll have you over. Um, <laughs> I said during the game, like, dude, this is this is like Camaro like numbers. And you can and obviously like that's a big, big comparison. Um, was it his second game where he's getting a lot of touches? But dude, this guy has Camaro qualities. You can't tell me I'm wrong. This guy can get it done out of the backfield, and he's a great pass catching back. Um, and we saw both of those, um, this week again, just like Jacksonville, we saw, saw it again this week and man, we do not deserve DeAndre Swift. He is, he is very, very good. And I'm surprised, you know, that with this, his athleticism, speed, just a wait, being able to maneuver his body and just, you know, kind of like basketball where. You're going up the court or it's a fast break, being able to like – or going to the basket, being able to shift your body and slow down your movement. Like he – his balance is so good for running back, and I'm surprised he was a second-round guy. Yeah, no, me and you have talked about that, how we were surprised that he even made it to us. But, you know, I think going forward, you can't not have him as your – Yeah, he's got – he will take the role, and I think we'll run with it. And that's where I think – we're going to the next positive Stafford. He played efficient against the best pass defense, you know, in the league. And he was 24 for 33, 276 yards passing and three touchdowns. Um, and he didn't force it, stayed calm, took what he was given to him. And you know what, with DeAndre Swift doing what he did again this week, um, just like he did in Jacksonville. Um, look at Obviously, Stafford's not going to put up those huge numbers he used to do back in the day where it was freaking uh, what's his job at best. And then he had Calvin Johnson. Like, he is a deep – like, this DeAndre Swift is very good. And look and look what can happen, this balance in the offense. It was very good. Very, and we'll get into this later. It was very good, but it was very good for three quarters. We'll get into that later. But um, also another positive I took away was the O-line – Again, very good this week. Um, Stafford only got sacked once. And Chase Young, Tyrell Crosby did a good job on Chase Young. He was non-existent that game. And that's what you have to do. If you're facing a team like that with a star pass rusher, you need to eliminate them from the get-go. And that's exactly what we did, only allowing one sack. I was impressed. And I'm hoping we can keep that up. For I know. I, season. I didn't hear Chase Young's name called much, if it was called at all. So, you know, you key on a guy like that, um, and look, and, you know, look what happened. Um, and last positive I'm going to take away is, you know, Romeo Cora is probably our best defensive player. Um, what does he have? I think he has seven sacks on this season. He got another sack last week. And um, him and Griffin together on both sides were – they were tough to block. Noticeably, like even though Alex Smith was a little more maneuverable this, and um, even though he's playing on freaking one leg, um, I a lot of times they were they were pressing the QB. Alex Smith had to get the 
Alex Smith had to get the ball out quick, if you didn't realize. Um, you know, they had eight QB hits, and five of them came from Griffin. So I think him and Okora being lined up on opposite sides of each other kind of complement each other pretty nice. And, uh, you know, that was like the first or – no, that's the second game, yeah. Second game where they were able to, you know, mix some stuff up. And, I'm, and obviously – you know, with Patricia back there, I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll see moving forward what this is going to look like. Yeah, I mean, I think that definitely there is some room for improvement, but overall, I mean, we didn't look terrible. It was just, you know, letting up that lead and almost losing that game. It just, you know, it just frustrates me. Yeah, sure frustrates and, and, and so. that's where we're going to move on to our negatives. It's just – just like the defense, same as offense. Um, you got to finish and not be conservative. They were in the Lions. The Lions did what they needed to do for three quarters, right? Three quarters, and that's been and that's been kind of the um, pattern that in this team is we'll we'll get all those statistics lead and then we'll lose the games. I mean, guys. If they play even three and a half quarters of football like that, this team could be totally different. And they listen; they were getting the job done. But then, what happened? Did we? I mean, did we just stop? You know, being aggressive. Like on defense, we just allow Alex Smith to throw for four hundred yards, almost four hundred yards. He threw for what three hundred ninety? I don't even know. I and it doesn't even matter. He threw fifty-five times. Beat the bad teams down till the final second. Just lay them on the ground, let them bleed, punch the crap out. You got to keep punching the mouth till that game is completely over. Okay, Alex Smith's first start, he should not be coming out throwing 400 yards, regardless of how many times you throw it. Okay, even the announcers like keep Talib was saying like, you know, they're going to keep doing this. They keep playing man to man. It's just the same routes. They were running the same exact stuff, and um. Listen, that's why Patricia needs to go. Even this reason alone is why Patricia needs to go. You cannot have a 24-3 lead against one of the worst teams in the NFL and have to win on a, what, a 60-yard field goal? Come on now. I mean, this is just getting this is getting old. And for all the people that cheer this on, you know, good for you because I'm optimistic. I, you know, kind of cheer them on too, but I – I don't want to see him win like that. That's not how you win football games. No, I just – I completely agree with you, Don. You know, you let up, you know, such a big lead, and then, you know, you let Alex Smith throw for 390 yards. You know, it's the penalties, it's the coverage, it's the play calling, it's, mm-hmm. it's everything. And I'm not going to sit here and continue to bash these guys because, I mean, you can only do so much of that because nothing – we have yeah. no control over this. It's just frustrating as a fan. But – what I want to see is if these guys continue to win, then we need – I want to – I mean, ideally kind of contradicts, you know, what I said. But moving forward, we keep this up. I could see us making a playoff push. And would I be happy if we did that? I mean, yeah, your team's in the playoffs. But, again, back to Bob Quinn's point, nine and seven wasn't good enough. So, I mean, what is good enough mm-hmm. for you, Bob Quinn? Is this team good mm-hmm. enough for you? Just, this, like, this is on, like this is the team. best team he's had in the P- Patricia Quinn era. This is it right here. You got the veterans. You got the guy. You got the guys that know. You got the young, some young rookies that are good. 
You got a decent quarterback. I mean, that, you know, this is the team. The talent, listen, to me, the talent is almost there, almost only because I don't agree with some people on our team, like Tracy Walker, um, not getting, you know, some more reps and putting like curse in front of them and Jelani Tavai, who pisses me off every week. The talent is almost there. Okay. This this is the best team right now. And if they if they can't finish above seven wins and stick at what six were what it was the first year Patricia was here, I just don't see why again, we keep repeating ourselves, but I just don't see why they're here. Yeah, you know, it's just at the end of the day, we played, we played well in the first half. We we ended up finishing the game well. Stafford leading a comeback drive with 16 seconds left. That was impressive. That's good. Yeah. Matty Stafford, Matty Ice. We love to see that. But um, I mean, Lions did get kind of lucky with that with the chase. Yes, they did. They got very lucky. In field goal range. Very. So without that, I don't think that drive. Would have, I don't think we would have had that yep. winning drive. They've gotten very lucky. Two games out of the two wins. And I know luck can do you so much, but you got to be good. I'd rather be good than be lucky. Yeah, most definitely. Anyways, let's uh, let's move on to the Michigan-Wisconsin game. What a blowout. Disappointing as a former Michigan fan, myself, former. The old me would have been enraged, but the new me doesn't really care. I was more pissed about the Spartans' <laughs> loss, but we'll get into that next. Um, is Jim Harbaugh done in Ann Arbor, Don? Um Unless, like, the only reason they keep him, like I said, the only reason they keep him, they keep him around is because who's going to be, you know, better than Harbaugh and, you know, what's going to happen, the jump man on our, on our cool uniforms and cool, you know, sweatshirts, what's going to happen to that? But at what point do you, but at what point do you stop accepting mediocrity with such a big hype exactly. surrounding Jim Harbaugh and, and your school? And that's and the decision Michigan's going to have to make. Um. Because at the end of the day, Don, yeah. Michigan's Michigan. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sell yep. itself. You don't need Jim Harbaugh to sell I, your brand. This is the University yep. of Michigan. And um, just like the Lions organization, their owners, um, it's going to come down to what, you know, University of Michigan thinks. And if, and if you know, if they're going to say, oh, it's COVID year, we missed some guys, you know, we'll get them next year. And he should be done. Him and him and down, yeah. No, him and down Brown, especially. I don't even know how he still has a job. I mean, this defense is this defense especially, is terrible. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how he had a job I after the Ohio State game. He's, he's <laughs> I mean, are you serious? But and but it seems to be for Harbaugh. I mean, he recruited Joe Milton and. Well, you know, look what look what he's doing. He can't, this guy, poor guy, can't throw a slant route right now. And uh, I mean, he doesn't make any reads. It, I mean, from what I've seen, I mean, he probably makes reads or probably quick reads. But like, for example, that that like that drive against Michigan State in the fourth quarter, um, like he he wasn't making any reads. He was just running. And like, how are you supposed to run an offense around that? And again, that's Harbaugh's guy. I mean, yeah, I just I think it's it's time to go. The recruiting has been questionable at this point and um, doubtful, especially with Joe Milton behind center. 
And I think it, it's definitely time to move on for them. If they want any, you know, future in the next three years of, you know, getting good recruits, you know, having a decent team again. Well, I mean, it just goes to show, touching on Joe Milton and the hype surrounding this university, mm-hmm. people were calling him the next Cam Newton before he took a snap. Yeah, that was – So it's just like this hype has to – like it, it's not good for you. It's not good for you, especially when you're not producing on the field. You're not winning championships. Hell, you're not even making it to Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship game. No, nope. Harbaugh's never done that. Nope, he's – And every time he's and been – And look what he's doing against Ohio State. Every time been an underdog, he hasn't won a game. He's like Owen, like he's like Owen fifteen as an underdog. It's sad. Who 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 would you think would replace him, dude? I mean, you're obviously gonna have the coaches like go who we can like some you know the coaches that are gonna be out there. I think they're gonna it's gonna be like some wild card guy, some guy out of nowhere. I mean, I can't even think of names right now, but it's. Yeah. I just think it's a guy that nobody's going to expect because that's like a University of Michigan thing to do. Yeah. I mean, whoever gets the job is – they're not inheriting a terrible team. It's just yeah. you got to produce on the field, you know. But that moves us on to the Michigan State versus Indiana game. A horrible game to watch. Absolutely horrible game to watch. 24 nothing. Michigan State out. has a worse than Michigan. Um, I don't know how they beat Minute. I don't know how they beat. Michigan. Um, well, yeah, I think yeah. Michigan's that bad, though. I, um, Michigan's that bad because Minnesota ain't looking they, right now, talent-wise. Um, like Michigan State has a little bit worse than only because like they just don't have like they don't have a quarterback right now, and even though Joe Milton is not the you know court better than what they have at state, but like. Man, Rocky, Rocky struggled. Um, everybody on offense, they can't. With the defense, too. We did five so the run, but I, I didn't. Like they're kind of like you know what you know what Michigan State reminds me of the Giants because yeah, so go their run their 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 run defense was good. Their yeah. pass defense was horrible, dude. They get, and they, they have some studs on defense, man, that are going to get drafted, I think, this year. But, um, yeah, we'll see. It, you know, you can't really opinion put an opinion on that team because what – I mean, everything they've gone through this year with the new coach, people, people going out, you know, transferring, going to the league, um, you know, not as much practice. And, we, yeah, we talked about that too. Really right? It's not a normal year, guys. You can't really count this year. Listen, it'd be nice to see them win and succeed, but this year, I mean, you just you just got to eat it, man. You just got to eat it and move on to next year. Yeah, it's not going to end well for them. You know, I think we just have to, as Michigan State students – you know, be hopeful for the future because Mel Tucker is a good head coach and his record probably won't show that this year. Uh, it surely doesn't show it right now. But looking ahead, you have to realize, and we've talked about this, Don, the circumstances this guy had came into East Lansing um, that he's experienced, the circumstances he's gone through, um, you know, you've shortened season. Yeah. 
um, short, exactly. not enough yeah. time to recruit his own he players. He came in all, and all D'Antonio left a mess for him, and nobody, so, and I don't think, and everybody kind of turned a blind, turns a blind eye to that. But D'Antonio left a mess for him, and I want to retract my comments that earlier. I said MSU has it worse. I meant Michigan has it worse. And if anybody's listening, oh, that didn't, yeah, yeah. they probably yeah. already thought if you heard that, like this guy's an idiot. Um, but yeah, and Tucker, Tucker came into a tough, you know, tough circumstance, and um. He's he, he's just got to do with what do with what he has. Um, got to make a sandcastle out of you know not even all that sand. I mean, well, don't don't really put any emotion into this year for that team. They will get better. Yeah, they will. There's a lot of question marks around the team. You know, the biggest being at the quarterback. Yeah, they need to get a quarterback because, guys, Rocky Lombardi is not – he had one good – guys, like he – He's not like, a savior. He, he played okay against Russ, Rutgers, and everybody thought he played great against Michigan. Dude, what, what? how many passes he complete? 13 or something? I mean, if I were to stand back in the pocket um, and just throw, like, a 30-yard fade – for my guy to like just run past the guy, like, yeah, I'm not saying I could do it. I'm not saying I could do it, but like, well, I mean, that doesn't make you a good quarterback. His coach has probably told him, look down the sideline. Our no, wide receivers are killing him. Yeah, no, two of his passes, uh, two out of his three passes on Saturday were interceptions. So, yeah, I mean, oh, that can't that can't happen. Um, that can't happen. Um, but, we'll see what they do. They might, um. I want to be opposed to throwing Theo Day in there to see what he does too. He's you listen. No, Payne Thorne didn't look bad. I agree. Um, it look it looks like he like he likes to run a lot more, which is which is nice. But it's a, he look he didn't look like he was sitting in the pocket long enough to you know make a throw. And then in credit, that's probably because Michigan State's offensive line is probably not very good, but. You know, I think if Paint Thorne gets a chance, Theo Day should get a chance. Just see what you have, you know. You never know how people are going to be in the game, so. Like you said, the season yeah. doesn't really count. Yeah, so it doesn't really hurt see what you have, Theo in there. See what you have. Yeah. See where you can improve. So, let's move on to the NBA draft tonight. I'm excited. I know you are, too. Who do you want to see the Pistons take at seven? Well. If they don't move up. Who do I want? I would like Killian Hayes. That's a safe pick. I think he has a lot of potential. And it's like unorthodox is he's a lefty. And I like how, le- you know, I'm just watching some highlights. He He's, you know, good hand on the ball. He's shifty. Um, and we need a guy. We got, Listen, we need a guy that can come down and pop a three whenever he that, that That's where we're at as Pistons fans. Like, even the most simplest stuff, like, I've watched Bruce Brown come down, even though we traded him, which I don't get why everybody was so upset about. That guy's potential, his highest ceiling was an eighth eighth man. That's what he was. Um, he was he played a lot. He played 30 minutes on a very bad team, and that's why a lot of people are like connected with him. Like, guys, if you want to be a good team, um, he's not. He, he's probably not going to play on a very good team in the NBA. I don't see him maybe doing much for the Brooklyn Nets. But besides that. I want I like Killing Hayes. I like Hallie Burton. Um, and I really don't want LaMelo Ball. Why? Because, yeah, the hype is around him. But, listen, 
go look how this kid plays, man. Yeah, he's flashy. He's got a handle on the ball. This guy shot 25% from three in the NBL, um, the Australian Basketball League. He wasn't – he wasn't – he was doing okay down there for the talent, but, like, I just don't think his game's going to transition to – he kind of plays like Lonzo, does he not? Does he not? I mean, from what, I, from what I've seen – and look how Lonzo yeah. doing. He's had those games here and there, but – I don't see LaMelo being a game changer like everybody sees. What I too I do see him being a game changer this draft is Anthony Edwards because that guy is an absolute dog. And I don't know if you remember against Michigan State, he had like 40-something points against one of the best teams in the country. And this dude was just going off. That dude's going to be a stud, I think. Yeah, but yeah, no way. No but way you need a point guard. You just let go your um, third-string point guard and Jordan and Bone. And uh, you just traded Bruce Brown, and you're most likely not going to have Derrick Rose by the end of the year. So I think, you know, we go Killian. I want Killian. But if we somehow go Patrick Williams, oh, my God, I'll be so disappointed. It'd be the most Detroit sports team, like, thing ever to draft another Bruce Brown. It would be. He's a 6'8 Bruce Brown. And um, I just – I we need a point guard, guys. And we need to throw him in the lineup right away. Give me Killian at seven. Start him. Actually, you know what? Don't start him. Let him come off the bench, then start him after you trade Derrick Rose. Agreed. I want to see Killian a piston too. Um, I think that, you know, going forward with this team, there's going to be some – you know, you got rid of Reggie Jackson. Derrick Rose, like you mentioned, might not be a piston much longer. Mm-hmm. You got to get your point guard. And that that's that's what you do when you get mm-hmm. Killian Hayes. You get your point guard of the future. So, I think going that route – They, the they got to get the guard. Most, Guys, they, you know, they got multiple forwards. They got Tony Snell, who they might resign after this year because he's not a bad role player. Not bad at all. He does. He's a 3-D guy. He's a guy you want on a good team. He'll, you know, be a good role player. You got Sekou. They have Blake Griffin. I mean, I don't even know what they're going to do with Blake Griffin. I think they should ship him, too. But you got Blake Griffin, Luke Kennard, um, maybe or maybe not, I think, um, you keep – you Blake – you maybe keep Blake Griffin, but we'll, we'll, we'll see with him. I think – I personally, I think – he should he should go this year because what what is he going to do for this team that really doesn't offer much? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I would also say Lewis King maybe might be on the roster, but we'll see with him too. He's got potential. He's got potential for sure. He's an you know athletic long wing who can shoot and um, has a good offensive game. But we cannot we can't go to this draft and draft like Obi Toppin or Patrick Williams, guys. It just can't happen. We need a point guard. That should be at the top of the priority list. And you know, from the moves we made, like I said, I think point guard's the way we go. What do you think on the model no ball? Doubt. Give me your opinion no doubt real at all. quick. I think you gotta address that. I like Lamella Ball. But I do agree that, you know, he's not the best shooter. Um, I, you know, watching his highlights, I like the way he plays a lot. There's a lot of hype surrounding him, so I hope that – I mean, there's a lot of hype surrounding Lonzo Ball too. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't just think don't, he will even follow I just us. don't understand. I, I think up. we stay where we are. I think we get Killian tonight at where we're at. I hope. That's the best. And you know what? If you want to trade, I, I if you want to trade D Rose tonight and get a later pick, go ahead and do that too. You know why? Because what's wrong with getting two first round draft picks? Not it's not a, you know you know the most top heavy draft, but now you have two chances at being having two really good players, even though one has a little more potential than the other. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to see what what happens tonight. Um, obviously, it hasn't been the best couple of years as Pistons fans, but you know we'll see. Hopefully, we I hope so, bro. Featuring Killian Hayes. Um, so what are we looking for to Lions game next week? What do you think? I think we win. You know, with Teddy Teddy Bridgewater, he practiced today. I believe I saw. I don't uh, think he, he plays an MCL issue. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's. Christian McCaffrey's not expected to play. Matthew Stafford with a torn mm-hmm. ligament. I think he's. I don't know if Kenny. I, read that I don't know if Kenny um, got. They'll come out with. I mean, they're at four, but I don't think he plays this week. But I think the Lions are decent enough to pull out the win this week. I can't even name the backup, but I saw him play against the Falcons. But he and he didn't do that, and he wasn't you know anything special. Well, obviously, he's a backup, but he wasn't that good. So, you know, if you're the line, if you're. The line, big line fan, and you're on that Lions team. You can move the five and five, and then on Thanksgiving at home, you play a struggling Houston te- Houston team. Um, and you could move the six and five. You're above five hundred for the first time in. Well, last year you're we above five hundred, but at this point of the season, being above five hundred, um, first time in a while, and then you play. I think I think they play Chicago. Do they play Chicago after Houston? I'm going to check that right now. Um, yeah, I don't know off the dome. Let's see. They play, yeah, they play Chicago after Houston. And um, that's – and Chicago lost, what, the last three games, I think? Yeah, they lost, and they lost on Monday night to the Vikings. And, I mean, we should have beat them the first time. And – um. You know, I think their offense were looks honestly worse with Nick Foles back there. And I think that's a game you should win too because I think Matthew Stafford proved the first game and that Lions offense without Kenny Galladay was able to move the ball in a pretty dang good Chicago Bears team. And obviously changes have been made on both sides, you know, for the better. And um, But I still think they pull away with that game. And, you know, you're 7-5. and five. Now you're heading into the toughest part of your schedule, probably the second uh, toughest part of your schedule with the last four games. Um, But that's going to prove you're a good team or not. And that's going to prove where, you know, this franchise goes. Because if you can move into seven and five into the last four games of the season against the Packers, the Titans, the Bucks, and the Vikings, four very tough games. That's gonna that's gonna show your true grit. And if you lose all four or three, I even three, I think Patricia's, you know, that's see ya. You know, we're gonna start new here. Yeah. Even but against uh, the Bears too, know. you're gonna have everybody healthy. That's a that's a third hopefully nobody, you know, you know, pretty god nobody gets hurt in the Panthers or 
Texans game, but you probably have Kenny Galladay and Trey Flowers ready for that Houston game. And then everybody else is going to be healthy for that Bears game, which is, you know, it's not on Sunday. It's the week after um, they're going to have like a week and a half off, you know, like not playing any games. So they're going to be probably pretty healthy going in this, you know, last part of the season. So this is, you want to be a good team. This is where you prove you're a good team. You go out and you beat good teams, just like you did against the Arizona Cardinals, which is honestly a Super Bowl contender to, to me. I mean, they're so good. I don't know how we beat them, but you got to go ahead and do that again this, you know, in these next coming weeks. Yeah. The, dude. Speaking of the Cardinals. You, how did, how did they like win that game? Lot, but, um, how did they? Dude. They won that. They, they won that game through the best Dude, receiver. That was NFL. insane. And, yeah, if we can go out and beat the Cardinals, it gives me a little bit of hope, of optimism against better teams, especially that the Cardinals are in you know um, probably the best division in football. We need them to beat up on on the Rams, Seahawks, and Niners though. If if the Lions want any chance of making the uh, playoffs right now. So yeah, let's. We, we, yeah, that's very true. I think that is it. Eight teams in the next it? couple of weeks. We can squeeze in. We can squeeze in. I don't know. It, it, isn't it eight Didn't teams? They up it that's year? it, right? Eight teams. Okay. Yeah. It's right. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Is it something like that? I can look that up real quick. How many? Both. I think. Is it? I thought it was eight this year. Yeah, let me see. Or I'm thinking, I don't know. Um, (laughs) it was twelve teams. So okay, so it's seven. It's the top seven. So right now, um, you know, the Packers are leading the North. Saints in the South. Cardinals in the West, Eagles. Oh my God, you know that's so terrible that they make that the Eagles or Giants might make the playoffs. But we're not going to get into that. Um, but the right now the wild card spots are the Bucks, Rams, Seahawks, and the Bucks or Saints are going to make it in no matter what. So you're fighting for those last two playoff spots, and you got to hope that the Seahawks and Rams kind of beat up on each other, and the Cardinals do some you know dirty work on the and a NFC West. Um, pretty sure, pretty sure the Cardinals play. Yeah, it's coming up. And if you want a chance to win, you have right now. Right now, um, the Lions have in front of them from Rams and Seahawks, who take six and seven. The Lions have the Vikings and Bears in front of them. The two only teams in front of them at Vikings at four and five, Bears at five and five, and the Vikings have a really easy schedule coming up. So. Um, they have the Cowboys, Panthers, and Bite and uh, Jaguars coming up. So you got to hope maybe they lose one of those games, and then you have the Bears who play Bay next week, which you're probably going to lose to Green Bay. And uh, that might be a that might be a time where you you know might swipe that yeah. spot. But we'll see. Um, I think. Wait, don't the Lions play? Yeah, they play Vikings last. That Vikings game, the last game of the year, it might come down to that. But. 
Um, I would imagine that. That's if you think, because if you think about it, Lions have the easier part of their schedule right now, and so do the Vikings. And but then the Vikings go on to play the Bucks and Saints, too. So I don't know. We'll see, man. It there could be some fireworks, but you know, we'll again we'll see what happens and hopefully. As an optimistic Lions fan, something, a miracle happens. You got to hope so, Don. Got to hope so. But listen, that's going to that's gonna do it for us today, guys. If you made it this far, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, stay right. tuned for next week's episode. Take care, everybody. Have a great week, everybody. I'll see you, Don.